Hello and welcome to another episode of Another Music Podcast with me, your host, Harry Chris Robin, and as always, my fastidious co-host, Just Boy Fuck I Go On. I started doing that in like a Japanese accent now, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, yeah, uh, last episode to... you did it like that. <laughs> last episode you did it like that, and I wondered if you were going to do the same again. Um, I was trying to, I was thinking maybe he's just going for a deep thing, but he's inadvertently said Japanese accent, so do you want to apologise now to the entire um, nation of Japan, or no, wait for the for the inquiry fuck, fuck you uh, Japan that's what I'd like to say <laughs> that is twice what on this start. series so it's twice on this series where you've taken it to Japan and I'm like I'm there immediately going back in Japan is a brilliant country with amazing rich culture that has a lot to offer humanity nah they don't <laughs> this is all very sarcastic I hope people who are listening are aware that this is complete bollocks I'm just in one of oh, those I moves. know it. <laughs> I know it's complete bollocks, and I know you're being sarcastic. But does everyone else know? And that's the topic of today's podcast. Does everyone know when Jazz Boy Fuck Icon is being sarcastic? No, that's not yeah. what we're doing today. <laughs> but I think, but I think that's easily answered. You are always sarcastic. On but- today's on today's show, we're going to be talking about tone, 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 and that's for the non-musicians among you. That's nothing to do with uh, language. That is all about like you know guitar tone. But uh, as I've always said on this episode seemingly in most every episode matt and i are guitarists and musicians we really like production that sort of stuff when we listen to music we listen to you know the, the song as a whole but then we may all most the most of the time i imagine care about what's that guitar doing what's that guitar sounding like and that's what today's episode is all about but before we dive in matt how are you yeah not too bad man i've been taking lots of shows um i'm very hungover today because i was out at a show last night um oh. It was fun. Big up the sound lounge. Um, and yeah, pretty much just living and, and, and dreaming and dreaming the live, living the dream. Um, yeah, it's all good. How about you, Harry? How's life treating you? Uh, life is good. I've just, I've just come back from London and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you handstand the way down? Just like <laughs> I, I did. Uh, no, I, I, I worked in London today, so I was just like rushing back um, to get back in time to record this show. Um, I was just asking um, like uh, the the whole like how are you? Because uh, I don't think I've ever asked you on the beginning of the show. I want to make sure that I care about the well being of my guests mm. and my co- and my co hosts on the show. Speaking of guests, at some point I'm sure we will get some special guests. Oh yes, I've got some in mind that we want to do. Um, but for now, it is just the the Jazz Boy Fuck Icon and Harry Chris Robin show. Yeah. Um, before we dive into it, as always, and almost always, Matt, where can people find you on, on the social medias? You can find me at Jazz Boy Fuck Icon TM on Instagram and I think Jazz Boy Fuck Icon on YouTube. To be honest with you, if you put in Jazz Boy Fuck Icon and the actual YouTube page has got a TM at the end, I'm sure you'll still find it anyway because I don't think there's many Jazz Boy Fuck Icons out there. I think you just keep saying Jazz Boy Fuck Icon as many times as possible. I think you know full well what your own social media handle is. Yeah, I just like I to get the brand out, isn't it? Yeah. It's got to get the brand out there because it definitely has a TM on YouTube. It definitely does. Oh, there you uh, go. You can... I'm glad you know for definite because I was genuinely like, uh... I've tagged you in enough videos oh. on my YouTube channel to have that burned into my mind. You can find me, Harry Chris Robin, on YouTube and Instagram. That's the main stuff that that, that really matters. So let us dive in with this tone show. Um, it's kind of uncue-sheeted, unprepped, we're just going to riff once again like we did last week because, well, I feel I can talk about my sounds for uh, forever and a day. Mm-hmm. 
Um, all, we, all we did, uh, it was your idea, Matt. I think all you said was pretty much, let's just talk about tone, essentially. Uh, for, so from my perspective, that's going to be pedals and guitars. Mm-hmm. And for me, amps as well. Uh, I guess obviously yes, you use your slightly different story with you. Not that you don't use yeah. amps, but it's a different no. kind of way of using them. Mm, we can get into that when we get to it. I would like to ask you first. Yes. So, um, it's like Mastermind if that's a reference anyone gets. Very few of our audience actually are from the UK, so they'll have no idea what Mastermind oh, is. Oh, interesting. Um, so, uh, so t- uh, Matt, talk to me so about, about your setup. So we're going to talk about guitars, we're going to talk about pedals, we're going to talk about amps. Mm. Let's take it back to day one. Oh, wow, okay. Okay, so I want to know your first guitar, what that was like, your first pedal, what that was like, and your first shitty practice amp. I imagine a shitty practice amp. Go. Oh, okay, so... Um... First guitar, well, the first one I ever got was like a really kind of rubbishy Strat copy. It was like what, like a Rockburn or something, some stupid fake brand name. That sounds like a really shit 80s action movie yeah. hero. Rockburn. They called him, they called him Rockburn. Uh, but yeah, it was something like that, which was a terrible guitar. And then I got a Dean Evo something, which was funny. His Evo was in the name and it was like, oh, interesting. Uh, when now I've got a, 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 a Manson Evo, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think it was a Dean Evo, something 100, I don't know, um, which was cool. You got 100 Dean Evos. Yeah, it was a, it was like a Les Paul body shape. Ah, um, uh, one of them. With like a kind of very dark grey glittery finish. So it was still in the world, in the realms of, of like M- M- Manson guitars and musiness kind of thing. Um, I, do you know, I think my first, pe- go on, what are you going to say? What year was that? Ooh, when did I start playing guitar? Um, I think I started playing guitar when I was like 15, so that's 10 years ago. Um, mm. So 2012. Round about really? then, probably, yeah. 2012, that's so not that long ago. I know, I isn't it? It's, it's, well, it's weird, because guitar was what I came to last in my... Oh, wow. I was, um, I was already like six years into guitar at this point. No, I was. I started on drums when I was like seven. Took that to when I was about eleven or twelve ish. Around about ten, I started singing properly, and then when I turned fifteen or whatever, I wanted to do stuff in bands, but I wanted to do original stuff, and no one else was interested in doing originals. And so I was like, "Well, I best learn guitar then, so I can do that." Um, yeah, and that's how I did it. Um, the first pedal I had was actually something that I was contemplating buying again. Um, it's a Joyo Fuzz Octave. Um, it's like uh, a green... in, the indi- in, the, in the industry, we called it Joyo. Oh, Joyo, sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, so it's a Joyo... I'm going to say Joyo. Joyo um, Fuzz Octave. This is called like the Voodoo Octave Ooh. or something. It's like a green fuzz pedal that you can probably get mm. for like, I don't know, 20 quid off of Amazon. Or maybe it's a bit more than that. But um, it was actually not too bad, man. It was kind of like a really aggressive sounding big muff yeah so it was that and i got a wawa pedal um mm. because i can't i think i think what it was was i saw that matt bellamy was using a uh expression pedal to do the whammy work on the newborn solo in the yep. harp show yep. um and me being the naive young 15-year-old, I thought, oh, that's a wah pedal. Oh, okay, yeah, I can get a wah. I'll use the wah pedal then. 
So I got a wah pedal, and then about, I don't know, three or four months later, realized, oh, no, it's not a wah pedal, that's a whammy. And then I entered that whole fucking realm. But yeah, but what about your first took, guitar and pedal, Harry? It took you three or four months to figure out a wah pedal is a wah pedal and not a pitch shifter. Well, this is the thing, because I was only playing the, the newborn solo... Because that's all. It, you, I, you could kind of trick yourself into it being I know a exactly wah. What you mean? Yeah, I, I, I totally see it. that kind of. Yeah, yes, yep, right with you. Yeah, right, and then I, I'm, and then I'm it right. kind of got to a point where I think maybe I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't actually remember how I came across the whammy and figured that out. But um, yeah, that probably came quite quickly afterwards. But yeah, what was your first pedal and first uh. guitar? So, first guitar, let me take you back to 2006. Let me take you back. The year was 1722. <laughs> so, 10,000 10, years ago when I was, you know, in my adolescence. Uh, no, um, 2006, very early on 2006, turned to my mum and I was a kid. Wee nip, wee 13-year-old lad of, of Birmingham, but with a, with a Yorkshire accent. No, um... Turned to my mum and said I want to play guitar within a week. We got that, and that guitar was a, an Epiphone Les Paul. Nice. That was, yeah, my first guitar because we'd found a guitar teacher in Birmingham on the other end of the city um, that that suggested a, a, an Epiphone Les Paul. Uh, I'm not sure if I should like, um, give give their name out, not because for legal reasons, they were a phenomenal guitar um, guitarist and guitar teacher, oh. and open, they were absolutely, they are, still continue to be a wonderful human being. Um, I think to protect their identity, I won't reveal it. Yes. Um, they were absolutely fantastic, blew my mind away. Uh, yeah, suggested that because it was a fairly decent, good all-rounder, you know, humbuckers, um, and a kind of that kind of classic shape that a lot of people would resonate with. And the first pedals that I had was, in order of crap to good, your classic All Boss. First, out of three, uh, your Metal Zone pedal. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. What a pedal. L- li- little did I know how crap it was. I feel like I dialed in at some decent tone. I bet you I did, wanted- Mum. I bet, because it's one of those pedals where if you don't know that it's shit, you don't know that there's a limitation to it, so you'll just keep tweaking until you go, well, that sounds kind of better, and it's probably all right. Like That's, that's kind of true. I mean, although the, 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 the mid-control, mid-frequency controls on there were very interesting to me because it made it either sound like it was coming from next door or, like, you know, blowing your face off. It was, like, it was very difficult to dial that one in. Yeah, I've, I'm sure I've seen videos of people, like, uh, doing demos with the Metal Zone. And the mid EQ seems to be like basically like a wah pedal. You twist it, and it can go from being like, like it's so extreme. Yeah, it's really sensitive as well. You really got to like dial it very like bits at a time. That's quite nice. I yeah, I liked it just because it was it could go really loud. You know, you think oh, a guitar. You think metal stuff. I wasn't really much of a metal kid, but it was just like yeah, I like that. And then next pedal was the classic blues driver. Oh yeah. You know, you can go from your kind of a bit of a bright, crunchy, clean, like really, really kind of light crunchy, to really kind of driving it a bit. Really like that. And then the next pedal, the final pedal of these three was my, uh, people who watch my channel will know, is my Boss OS2, the overdrive distortion. Oh, wow. Um, that is still on my board to this day. I find that so mad that you still have some of the pedals that you got straight away. Like I've, I've technically still got them all. My Metal Zone is, is somewhere in a box, but as I, th- I think I said to you previously, I uh, may have broken my Blues driver. Oh, heartbreaking. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, my Boss OS2 uh, is, I think, one of my all-time favorite pedals just because it's got versatility right there to go from an overdrive or to a distortion type sound, even an out-and-out overdrive sound or an out-and-out distortion sound. But the ability to blend those types of sounds together is genius. It's mm. so good. because It helps you get, especially it's like a first, like, first guitar, it helps you get so many different types of sounds. But, you know, when you first play, you've no idea what an overdrive really is. You've no idea what a distortion is. You just think, let's gain that's like that's that's the same thing mm. it's like one is one is l- l- not so much contrast or contour as some amps call it <laughs> and some is not so much contour um i really liked it uh some uh g- great collection of pedals and since they're all distortion pedals you know no time-based effects no modulation effects no nothing like that uh, you can imagine the sorts of things i was playing it was exclusively green day mm. <laughs> um what else was i playing uh Audio Slave, Rage Against the Machine, Led Zeppelin, uh, some System of a Down, um, Black Crows. Like th- that was the sort of stuff I was doing. That was the sort of stuff my guitar teacher was getting me to do. The Le- I thought that my Les Paul was a brilliant guitar, and then you know, then I thought I'd get a Strat because um, I was insane apparently. Um, and I was like, oh, these are very different guitars. And then slowly over the years, I slowly started to kind of really pick out the subtleties in different types of sounds that they both had to offer. You know, the difference in humbuckers versus single coils and the different pickup positions. Um, then woke up one day and saw Sense and thought, I don't, the Strat is really boring and <laughs> the Les Paul is really starting to fade. And I thought, right, what do I want now? A Telecaster. And my red telly that is featured on so many of my videos on pretty much every of the few songs that I've released properly. I think it's appeared on every single song somewhere at least. Um, and it, it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, going a little bit further, the pickup in the bridge is, is replaced. It's a, a, basically it's a bare knuckle Mississippi queen, but it's the Manson MBK one. It's a P90. Um, Tone guitar people will know what that is. Non-guitar people won't know what that is. If you know, you know. If you don't, it doesn't matter at all. I think <laughs> it's a phenomenal. I love that guitar so much. It's absolutely, it's, it's pretty. It's my favourite colour, red. It's a Telecaster, you know, the first electric guitar I've ever made. You know, it's great. It's just a blocker with some pickups in it, some wires, but it sounds phenomenal. Um, but yeah, in terms of my first stuff, Epiphanless Paul and a, a range of distortion pedals. Uh, and some kind of 30-watt Marshall practice amp, which I thought, you know, at the time, I thought it was okay. I, um, you know, I don't remember what my first amp was. I'm sure it... Uh, actually, um, I in my head, I can see it. It's like this really s- small, thin, square, black box that wasn't even like a Fender 10-watt or whatever amp, you know, like the tiny ones that you can get. It wasn't even that. I ended up nicking one of them off my mates. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm up to it now. <laughs> well, he knows that I've still got it, I think, but I don't think he minds because he started, He ended up playing bass in the end, and so he was like, oh, well, I've got to spend a guitar practice amp. I can't run a bass through that. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah. And we were in a band at the time, so it wasn't quite like I stole it, but I still have it, so I guess I technically stole uh, it. Uh, no, no, no. Matt, you're British. You appropriated it. Oh, yes, appropriated. Yes, yes. Uh, like the British Empire. Um, mm. Colonial in that sense. Um, Bring it back. Bring but I, uh, it. Kidding. <laughs> I um, I did. What well, I think, like my first proper amp that I got, and it wasn't something that I was given as a mate or um, like from a starter pack type thing. Was the I've still got the cab behind me actually. Um, 
Oh. Marshall 4x12, MGFX, 100 watt or whatever. I think, I think that's the name <laughs> of the, it. The, the brand or whatever. Yeah, Marshall. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up now. Marshall MGFX. It's like CFX or something. MGFX 100. Um, oh, it is the C one because it's chrome as opposed to the ori- the like gold um, Marshall finish. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was quite it was pretty decent to be fair. Didn't really I had no idea, but the problem was I kind of wish I still had it somewhere because um, I think I sold it to my mate. I don't know if he's still got it. If he has, I'd kind of be interested to buy it back or something. But um, it had uh, four channels. I only really used the clean channel because I was running loads of pedals into it. Um, Standard. Yeah, and I kind of wish I used the other three channels because they weren't bad. It's just I had no idea how to dial in something that sounded good at the time. An issue that is not only faced by you, I mm. imagine. Well, yeah, it kind of, maybe that's, that's an interesting uh, maybe an interesting topic, like any gear or, or pedals or guitars or whatever that maybe we would have gotten on with more. I guess for you it's a bit different because you still got all the pedals that you, you had at one point, but for me, I, I've lost so, well, not lost, but gotten rid of so many that I'm kind of like, ah, oh, it'd be cool to have that back and maybe use that like... See, that is why I don't get rid of anything. Because mm, I, I know, because I, I, when I was a kid, um, it was like, I just, I didn't, we didn't, I never got to the habit of like getting rid of toys. As like, a, you know, as a little kid, like, I always mm. had my stuff. I, I Like I'd, I'd have, you know, Lego and then like mash it up with some actual like Star Wars stuff and like just make it work. So I never really liked, you know, not, um, not being without stuff and hold on to it. I didn't have loads and loads of stuff. So what I had, I really enjoyed and really loved. I think mm. that kind of mentality has grown with me. So, you know, with all the guitars that I've got, I've got looking at them, most of them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then the Les Paul is in a case behind me somewhere. So nine plus an acoustic. And I'm planning on buying another guitar. Um, <laughs> It's like, I don't want to get rid of them. <clears throat> because mm. it, it, I don't play the Les Paul. I don't. I, I might do for a special video of like, right, let's look at like the first guitar I ever got. It's an idea, actually. Um, I can't really stomach that idea of not of not being without it. Even if I don't play, it's like, you know, that one time of like, you know, you might have something that you, you, you need that, that guitar with that. Yeah, yeah. You literally never know. So I, I've still got all the pedals that I've got, even if... As I said, the blues driver is broken. I still don't want to. Maybe I'll throw it away because it is useless. But that metal zone is in a box somewhere, and I'm thinking of maybe doing a video like I think it's been done before, but my own version of let's see if we can get a usable tone out of the metal zone, boss metal mm. zone, or maybe we can we find a muse appropriate tone out of this. That would be a good. I, that would be interesting. I to see that. bet you I can find a muse appropriate tone out of the oh, metal yeah. zone. So, so you know. Muse fans among you listening, here you go. Let's head head here first. So, oh, so by that, I've not really bought very many pedals. Because when I buy stuff, I want to get stuff that I know is actually going to be good. Mm. So I'll do the research and I'll end up getting something that I want to get. I imagine we will move on to what's on our board, like currently, Uh, or or, uh, um, so I won't say what's kind of what's on it just yet. Um, but that's my kind of approach. I don't. I want to hold on to stuff, so I'm mm. very, very particular in terms of what I get. I want to know that it's going to go the distance. 
if it isn't going to get used, you know, just have it there, occasionally play with it, pull it out. Like my boss synth SY1 pedal. Every so often I'll get that out and see if I can find something that'll work with it. What was really good when one of the people came out, um, Verona uh, was a good song for the SY1. So in my cover, I managed to get the synth pedal out oh, hell yeah, for a couple of times. It was so good to kind of play it with. I'm still at one point going to make a review video for it. Mm. I said that two years ago, and I'm still yet to make it, but it's going it's to happen. Been two years, Jesus, fucking hell! I think I think two years or something like that. It's uh, something crazy. Um, so, yeah, man, I can't, I can't, I can't get rid of stuff because I don't like that idea. Moving on to like the amp that I got. So after that, the Marshall Practice amp thing, which I've not actually, I don't know what's happened to that. I don't think I have it anymore. It's gone because when I bought my got my newer amp, I think I gave it to. I think I gave it to my cousin. Um, it, my amp that I've got that I've not actually turned on properly and played through in years and years and years uh, is a is an Ashdown sixty watt Fallen Angel combo. Okay, I had a, you know I had a really horrible feeling for a second then that you were going to say something like, "Yeah, well, the amp that I haven't played through for years, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Diesel VH four, I think, just sat on the side." Like, because I know that you use Logic amps, and so I thought genuinely for a second, I thought, Spoiler I wonder alert. if he's got, like, oh, sorry, yeah. But I was like, uh, for, I did wonder for a second, I was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if, if he's actually got, like, an original Vox AC30 or something, just sat there, but he's like, nah, it's just easier to use Logic. Like, <laughs> that just thought, just came into my head there, but yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just care about not annoying my neighbours or, you know, two streets over that much, I mm-hmm. will not use one of the best amps in the world um no but they the the 60 watt ashdown is like yes ashdown are more known for like bass amps but they do guitar amps and that amp sounded at least to me incredible i still got it um some of the electrics are in in it are a bit weird uh, over a bit bust like it's got two little two level channels and one of them just doesn't work anymore so i used it to kind of mute uh when i do a show i'd like switch it to the other channel to mute it between uh, songs yeah, or stuff. Yeah. Little tricks like that. Um uh it was always you could just use it as a boost. Um the it's got two it's also then got two channels, a clean and then like a crunchy channel. Not a distortion. It's very much a crunch and it and mm. a, and, if, and if that it was more of like a low end boost and that was when I was using it it was so friggin' good for like that little bit of extra kick. You could really get even had a boost on that and it was insane. So much like low end like chug not mm. grit but chug added to stuff and it sounded amazing again maybe one day i'll get that out um I, i'm moving into my new flat um very very soon finally after moving loads of stuff into it um and maybe i'll take the effort to mic that amp up play some stuff through it you know r- maybe turn it up quite a, a little bit to kind of get something that i like out of it neighbors depending um <laughs> And really see what it can do after X number of years of not really having much use. Mm. Um, if if that video never comes out, it's because it blew up. Yeah, okay, cool, interesting. Guess <laughs> or I or, or I just find a new valve uh, or a couple of new valves to put in because it's a proper valve amp. It sounded amazing. It get mm. really hot. It get really warm and nice. hot as well. I just remembered another amp that I had before my current setup, which was a Hughes and Kettner Grandmeister Thirty Six, which was a brilliant amp. Um, wow, he's in Kenner. Yeah, like really. I mean, the coolest thing was it just lit up. And so <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I only really used the clean channel on that because um, what was I doing with that? Oh, actually, I didn't. I had a weird setup back then. 
I'm just going, as we've been talking, I've just been thinking more and more about all the pedals that I've had and got rid of. So just off the top of my head, I had um, Phase 90, TC Electronic Hall of Fame, TC Electronic Flashback. Um, did I say Whammy DT? No, Whammy no. DT. Um, yes. I, had I was going to say, you've got to put that Whammy in there. No, yeah. You that. I had a Digitech... Um, Distortion at one point, like one of their hardwire Just distortion. Ones. Yeah, Just something titular, like that. titular distortion. Um, what should I have? I had one an OCD. To rule them all. <laughs> well, that's what I've got now, but we'll get to that in a minute. Hey. Um, I had an OCD, uh, which was really good. Um, I had an MXR 10 band EQ, which was really fun. Um, Slowly coming back to me, all these ones. The worst ones that I had and got rid of, I think, were a Fuzz Factory and a Fat Fuzz Factory. I used to own both. But now I do own a super rare Fuzz Factory 7, so that's always nice. Um, I was going to say, like, you said the worst one. I thought, like, oh, here we go. We could talk about bad puzzles. And you said Fuzz Factory. I thought, wait, hang on. Oh, yeah. means bad choice to get rid of. Yeah, those. yeah, because it was, they were quite, they, and then they sound different to the Fuzz Factory 7 as well. So I may yeah. want to grab one of them again at some point. Um, there was another one I had as well. I had a Behringer Ultra Distortion, um, which was great. <laughs> it's a Behringer oh, pedal. You, so uh, you've just said a, you just said a lot about yourself. Yeah, no. <laughs> how, how you pronounce how you pronounce Behringer? Oh, what did I say? Behringer. Behringer. You know what I think it is? I think it's because I work in a music shop, and every, and for some reason the people who do like the um, what's it called? Like the uh, like brand representatives and stuff. They all seem to say brand names the complete wrong way as to what I'm what I used to think they were, but maybe they're just wrong. Uh, so I've heard them hey, say Beringer, Be- Beringer. Really? Yeah. yeah. We, uh, but it, I'm sure it's wrong. It's just because I've heard it come from someone who's supposed to be a brand representative. I've kind of consciously gone in my head. Okay, so it's not Beringer, it's Beringer. Oh, so like okay. someone of someone of authority. Yeah, and it's probably just bollocks. But um, yeah, I have one I mean, of them. Uh, what, there was one more uh, pedal I'm just I was having... thinking. Oh, go on. Um, oh, the, perhaps one of my biggest regrets is I had a Strymon Mobius at one point, and I sold that <gasps> when I was... What? Yeah, that's really upsetting. Uh, for the benefit of anyone in listening, describe the Strymon Mobius for us, please. Um, it's one of the best pedals ever made by one of the best pedal companies ever. Um, Strymon, please give me all of your gear. Um... <laughs> So it's a it's a modulation pedal. It's a digital modulation pedal, but it's a really good digital pedal. So it's not one of those shitty ones like a Line Six Pod from the nineties. Um, but yeah, it does like phaser, tremolo, rotary. I'm pretty sure they even had like some of the weird ones like quadrature or something where it would just make the sound go like, and you're like, all right, cool. That's the exactly a sound like. That. like <laughs> um, but no, and it's, it was a really cool pedal because you could really dial in whatever you want. And it was MIDI controllable, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And yeah, that was that's yeah. one of the best things about it. You know, MIDI control. You don't have to like bend over to change anything. It's just like MIDI signal, boom, done. Right, whole whole new sound. Mm-hmm. I think that's and one of the things that I'm just like maybe one day, perhaps one day I'll get uh, Mobius or maybe more, maybe a more drawn to getting a timeline. That's on my board plan, which I can talk about maybe later on. So, Matt, um, why did you sell those pedals? Um, because at the time I was in a band. And at the time you were insane. 
I was insane. Um, uh, well, I was, I don't know how old I was at the time, maybe 18 or 19-ish, maybe 19, 20 uh, insane. Yeah, so definitely insane. insane. Um, and the reason I sold it was <laughs> so because... So entire 18 and 19-year-old audience just immediately just rage yeah, quit. They're just going to freak out and downvote it and get us um, cancelled. What? <laughs> uh, no, it's because I bought a Kemper and I kind of didn't need any of the other pedals because, to be honest with you, Kemper can do everything, um, especially... I can do it too with Kemper. Yeah, if you've got a MIDI pedal, or um, sorry, a MIDI controller or something like that, then it really can do everything. And the reason why I'm still buying pedals nowadays is purely because I'm at that... I think I'm at that level of musician where I can be pedantic enough to be like, well, yes, the Kemper can do it, but I just prefer the warmth of an analogue pedal going into it. So I'm I'm turning into a bit of a... What's it called? Tone snob. <laughs> Hipster is the word, isn't it? That's the one, yeah. <laughs> Hipstery tone snob. Mm, as you should. Yeah, exactly. As, um, you, as, as, as you should. So, do you want to go in? Do you want to go into the Kemper? Yeah. Talk about that. So, so we're now going to talk about what is your what is Jazz Boy Fuck Icon's current rig? Ah, oh, current rig. Yeah. So, it and was, then so that, that's what we're getting into, and then also like guitars as well. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, current rig. It used to just be a Kemper with the Kemper foot controller. Um, so basically, like a Kemper amp. If anyone doesn't know, is a digital profiling amp, which means that it doesn't like, um try to cop it's very i don't quite know how to explain how it works but basically it's not the same digital process that um other digital amps do it literally takes like a profile so to speak of a real amp in in a mic'd up situation and replicates that sound perfectly sometimes better than the source signal um it's not replicating well it's 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 doing its best to replicate but in doing so, it will sometimes do minor tweaks to the source that it's trying to replicate if it thinks, oh, there's too much bottom or there's too much top in this or something. So, and it's very, it's not like it's massive changes either when it does that. It's like very slight. Um, and usually I go for the, the sound, the better sound. And the better sound is usually the one that the Kemper is profiled kind of thing as opposed to the original um we d- i didn't ex- in this context better is completely subjective oh yeah absolutely um <laughs> but i mean i did an experiment with my bassist years ago where we profiled his whole <laughs> sorry what <laughs> what did i say no 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 i started imagining oh dear <laughs> you say well, i did an experiment with my basis of that mm, did you mm-hmm. yes well that's another story um but no we we profiled his whole pedal board um because at the time his rig was like it did run into an amp but most of the time we would just take it out of the sans amp di from his pedal board and so we profiled his whole pedal board and I could obviously see which one was the real one and which one was the profile that we'd just done and so i was swapping between them and um I got him to kind of go, which one does he prefer? And obviously it's Kemper. So he preferred the profiled version as opposed to the real one. And the difference we noticed was in the profiled version or sorry, the real version was like, had a real like muddiness to it that we didn't actually notice because we're just used to that sound until like Kemper went and profiled it and was like, would you like this much muddiness or would you like a little bit less? And we were like, Oh, actually, yeah, it's kind of right. Um, so we did that. Um, but yeah, so current rig is Kemper with 
I mainly use like a Marshall 1959 um, hand-wired amp profile because um, it's quite a... In the Kemper. Yeah, within the Kemper, yeah. Because uh, it's quite a um, dry and basic bass. Like it's quite... It's a fine, clean sound. Like if I just run straight into the amp, but it's so kind of bland, but that's kind of good because I use... I want to put pedals on top of it and use pedals to enrich the sound of the Kemper mm. whilst using as minimal computing power from the Kemper side other than to replicate an amp, if you see what I mean. Uh, you want to be a hipster over it. Yeah, basically. So, um, a hipster platform. The, my current rig is... Uh, I'm just going to have to double-check, actually, and look at the Hang floor. on, I'm also just thinking, what, what if you've got a Kemper, you know, kind of a very powerful, versatile, like, model profiler, like, amp, um, whole setup. What do you, oh, great. What sort of things do you get from it? Uh, I use it as a clean tone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say that. Um, my main go-to is that um, Marshall clean amp. But yeah. um, I have got a Vox AC30 profile in there. That's um, it's, it's one that's been profiled that's got that real mid hump in. So it's kind of like somewhere between Brian May and the chuggy sounds that Matt Bellamy gets out of them on black holes and resistance, etc. Um, oh, so that's quite fun. Best stamps yeah. ever made, ever it's, put to earth. And it's great that I don't have to own a real one because I've got a fake one in my camper and it sounds like you would... The thing with it is, like, it's inherently trying to sound like a Vox AC30. I don't know where that profile came from. I got it off Rig Manager, which is another cool thing about Kemper is there's, like, an online pool of rigs that you can download that other people have profiled other amps or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I got it off that. But, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's un- undeniably is a boosted mid Vox AC30 sound, so brilliant for overdrivey stuff. And I've also got a couple of... Um, Diesel VH4 uh, profiles for when I want to do some real metal stuff if I'm playing on my Telecaster, which we'll come to in a moment. Mm. And it's all like drop-tuned low stuff. Sorry, I've got the burps. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I've got the burps. Yeah, it's very British. So I did a Brian Butterfield. But yeah, so currently running into the Kemper now when I'm on my clean clean setting. I've got my Whammy 5, which goes into my MXR Phase 95. When that goes into my MXR Blue Box, which is a fuzz pedal, which is actually on for some reason. I don't know why that's on. That's never usually on. But anyway. Ah, so you've, you put your modulation in quite early on in the... Uh, in the yeah, I go Phaser first, and then that goes into my uh, Boss Angry Driver, which is I'm using both the, the, the overdrive setting and the distortion settings as two separate things i use both yeah then that goes into my super cool super secret super rare unattainable pedal that i got recently which is the OnePlus slow distortion which is the just the best distortion pedal i've ever played through ever um take your pinnacles take your clon centaurs take your whatever you're fucking what you whatever you're using Get rid of it. Use try and get a Wampler slow distortion. And if there's enough people who do that, maybe Brian Wampler will be like, "Hey, I'm going to make a mini version, or at least a new version well, of it." <laughs> maybe he'll be. Maybe he'll be like, "I like money." Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it, if it can, the thing is, the only reason why it's a co- somewhat controversial pedal is because of the mids. The mids control on it, and like the mids are a little bit crazy. But like, once you understand that. 
and you'd go, huh, if I dial the mids up too much, it's too muddy. But if I dial them down, then it's okay. It's like, cool, now it's a usable pedal. It's with that small baseline of knowledge, it goes from being a bit crazy to usable. <laughs> when you stop being stupid, mm-hmm. you are clever. But that's a good point, I think, is some people get pedals and they just and don't... have no fucking clue. Yeah, they don't know what they're trying to achieve. Like me when I was 15, thinking a wah pedal would get me a whammy effect. Um, yeah, uh, this, well, this is the sort of thing that I see in some of my videos. And stuff, mm, like yeah, talk saying. about this. People... This is a good topic. <sighs> I don't mean it in a horrible way. <laughs> People ask me really kind of silly questions. There are no dumb questions when it comes to guitars because, you know, every every single person has a different experience. Every, every single person has a different level of knowledge. I think I have a fairly decent knowledge for sorts of things to go about getting a decent-ish kind of like Muse-type guitar tone. Mm. But I'm absolutely freaking useless at getting, you know, a really good tone to get a kind of like a jazz sound or getting something that's like quintessentially metal. I can get a decent Josh Homme, Josh Homme, Josh Homme tone. Mm. Um, that might be a topic for another day, but sometimes people seem, I've, I've been asked a number of times, sorry, a number of times where people think I, I just need a fuss factory to get the Matt Bellamy tone. <laughs> Don't I? I'm like, and he just threw up by laughing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, the fuss factory is such a very, very rarely used pedal volume. One, mm. because when it is used, you really tell, you can really hear it. But it's like, it's such a distinct sound. It is not good for doing chord work with. Mm. You know, I said this when I did my full review of my of the Fuzz Factory. It's great for like individual picked notes for kind of like leady stuff or kind of like, you know, you know, dirty fuzzy riffs and so on. To do chord stuff with it, it's like a wasp in a jar. It's freaking awful. Mm. It's, knowing, it's knowing how to use it. Um, it's a super minor thing. But it's just like you know, you, you go in there and do. That's why, why I said I've got. I haven't had very many pedals over the over the over time because I went out and did my research on this. The sorts of things that I want, mm. or like I went, I went, or when I got one of my pedals that I'll mention. I'm just de- deliberately not naming pedals at the moment. Well, one of my pedals, and I'll say what it is when we get to it. I didn't. I just wanted a new, a new pedal that that it could do, and I got a bunch out on the day and just just a would them. Uh, I think I I took my cousin. I kind of bored him to tears a bit, so I bought him a pedal. Mm-hmm. That was um, that was a dark matter pedal. Oh, TC Electronic. Yeah, TC dark Electronic matter. dark matter. I, I, I That's thought, one I thought that said, I was going to get at one point. Interesting. I thought it sounded great. Yeah, uh, but I thought the pedal that got it instead of was like oh, this one's a little bit better. We're going to buy this. And then we left the shop and I went, "Here, Tom, have this." And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Cause you're my cousin, and I love you very much." Aww. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, um, but yeah, like very few pedals. But because I went and did my research, and I like, I want this. I want, I want to do this, and I'm going to find pedals that can do this. Mm. I, like in some instances, instances where I went out and got a first factory, it was like, yeah, I want that tone because it is very specific. It's not a very nice pedal, but you can do some crazy stuff with it. You can get that weird Velcro for stuff. Mm. You can get those kind of like almost kind of like higher octave stuff as well as also do the plug-in baby thing but it was just like well that's that's, that's like a peripheral thing there's so much like there's so many more things that you can do with it mm. so yeah get out there and do the research and if you find something that you really like you don't need to keep swapping it out is my thing and then you know the sorts of sounds that you want to go for again i'm not trying to belittle anyone who's had those sorts of questions have asked me mm. when i've you know i've always done my best to answer every single question that, that i can see and point people in the right direction at the end of the day it's entirely your decision what you go with um I see some people replicating my entire board, like p- pedal for pedal. 
it does, down to the, down to the boss ESA. They're never gonna get anywhere near to your sound, though. And I'm not gonna. I'm not about to to do to be one of those people like where it's like, oh, well, it's, it's all on the fingers, man. Because like, okay, an yeah. There's an element of that. There's an element of that. But they if, don't have my amp rig. Yeah, they don't have that. And also, but like the main thing is, you can talk all you want about tone being in the fingers, but someone playing through a Marshall, like a stack of Marshall cranked proper Marshall distortion, that player cannot then plug into a Fender and make it sound the same. So it's not yeah. like this. There are like yeah, fingers are important, but. That's more of like a style and phrasing thing, um, more so than it is a tonal thing, so to speak. Yeah, it's it's an element, it's an ingredient, it's part of the wider canvas Mm. that is your tone. Any minor change is going to really deeply affect what that sounds. Mm. Some people take that to an extreme and like really give a crap about what cables they're using. Yeah. What's his name? Billy Billy Corrin from... What's his name? Billy thing from Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Cor- Corgan? Cor- Billy Cor- from Smashing Pumpkins. He He's one of them where, like, it's he's a real tone, mm. like, nerd, where it's, like, uh, it, like I, the shortest cable possible. Mm. Well, I think an interview I saw from him saying he, he, went, he wanted to use one of those kind of, like, uh, like phone cord type leads. It was, like, because it's the shortest cable possible, but it's, like, if you stretch that out, then it's a really long cable. You're quite stupid. Um <laughs> But he really he wants like shortest cable possible, so it's not going to like you know degrade the tone, and he really cares about that. Obviously, there's, you can get to that level where mm. people like don't use solderless cables; they really they really affect the tone. Use like a properly like made cable. I can see the argument for it, but I, you know, don't mm. get that kind of into it. Yeah, okay, you can like in my eyes, it's like okay, there might be some truth in that solderless cables have less tone than soldered cables or whatever. There might be some truth in that. But if you know what you're doing as a guitarist when it comes to tone, then surely you know exactly what you'd need to do to that signal to make it sound like you've got soldered cables, i.e. let's put a bit more presence in. So, yeah, to compensate yeah. for that tonal loss. Exactly. You've got, um, you've got in your mind what the end product is. How are you going to achieve that with what you have? Yeah, exactly. Right? Or like you know, like like for you when you talk about the campus, like this tone is a bit muddy. What do you do? We're going to pull out some of the kind of like lower mid frequencies to clear to take that out. Maybe push mm. the higher end so you can get that clarity out there. It's really kind of understanding what is what is the frequency response of my entire rig. What do I need to do to put? What do I need to pull out? What do I need to boost? Mm. All those sorts of things. And like knowing. Simple tricks like knowing the difference between an overdrive and a distortion is really important as well. Like, yeah. like, like listening to a tone and going, right, this is an overdriven type sound. Okay, right, a first tone, it, it is not. A distortion, it is not. Mm. A clean tone certainly is not. It's little tricks like that that take you so far because with that basic core understanding of like, this tone from this song that I've got, I want to get to that. So I don't need... And I think everyone's been guilty of this. I was, you know, like I said, my first pedal was one of them, like a metal zone. And I thought everything with the, the metal zone and everything. Mm. Then you realize this is frigging awful. And then I came to the conclusion that, like I said earlier, the Boss OS2 is, I, do you ask me, one of the best pedals I've ever played or mm-hmm. ever heard, knowingly. It's knowing how to use it and what it can be good for. It's so versatile. That difference between overdrive and distortion is stunning mm. it's like it's such a basic pedal that loads of loads of 13 year olds with a guitar need to understand in order to kind of get ahead of the game or get hit the ground running 
with it. Mm. That was, this concludes my little rant. Yeah, no, and I, I'm I, maybe I'm giving away one of my biggest tonal secrets here, um, but like. Just, I'm just thinking about like what you're saying about knowing how to use the pedals or the gear that you've got, and knowing what sounds you want to achieve, and meeting the two together. So for me, um, if you look at my, oh, what cover is it that I did it on? May I think look at your channel? I think maybe MK Ultra. I've done it on, and oh, um, unnatural selection. That's the one. Yeah, unnatural selection. Yeah, and, yeah. I and, knew that was going to be it because you really like that one. Yeah, and um, it's like I've tried to get that fuzz factory, quote unquote, sound <laughs> that Matt Bellamy has on certain parts, particularly the solo in Un- Unnatural Selection and the lead part in MK Ultra. And I'm sure some people have listened to that and thought, oh, he's using a fuzz factory. I didn't even fucking touch. My fuzz factory wasn't even plugged in. Um, it was my MXR Blue Box, which is set so there's no octave shit going on it's just pure fuzz tone um into my kemper and then i just turned the cab simulation off it's as if you've taken a direct signal from an amp head and like i knew that from my experience in mixing and production and just being in a band that oh i know what a di uh, like a di amp sounds like it sounds really fucking harsh and horrible huh Mm. but i wonder if i did that and eq'd the outcome a little bit so it wasn't quite as harsh and horrible take the high end off. yeah whether that that would be a usable tone huh yeah it is so it's like yeah there's no wrong way to do it that's pretty much what matt did for the solo for madness Mm. amp head straight in i think it had i think he used a fuzz factory for it or something like that i think he does that kind of thing or that that di head thing all the time. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised. But mm. in an, I read in an interview that he said, "Right, this is what I did for this," and I'm like, "Yeah, it mm. works. It really stands out. You can really hear it." Um, little things like that. You don't have to like. You don't have to add pedals. Sometimes taking stuff out will completely. Oh yeah. Shift up your understanding of like you know go in with nothing and see what you can build. Well, that's like, actually. I, think I saw I saw a video a couple of weeks ago of someone saying like I found like this great hack or great great overdrive that you can get and the solution was just to run your normal guitar volume at like half and then when you want to get that boost you turn that up mm. i do a lot um, of that stuff like, now and it's 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 a technique that that was used a lot in the in the 60s and the 70s because you know pedals weren't that big and uh issue there were issues like compression and stuff i think um ang ang uh acdc angus young um angus young yeah uh, i was trying to say it wasn't i wasn't fully committing i almost said is it neil is <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah neil, I, I, I almost oh, yeah i almost got it wrong like he would that was the technique i think he still uses to this day of um you know keep it like low but then crank it when you want to go for want to go up there but I think because i think he just has one channel one one tone he just rides the the volume part on his guitar for that subtlety and i think it's a technique that was used in the 70s that's what he worked with and you know if it ain't broke don't change it and that's mm. kind of part of that tone Knowing how every single aspect of what your rig is going to do and what it will bring to the game is so important. Don't again. Why I don't, I buy very few pedals because you want to know what it all can what it can all do. Because I think if you're going to get into that mindset of this pedal is going to complete my rig, we all know that's not true. Mm. We all know you're gonna if you're going to get into that mindset. You, we all know you're going to write. I think I said this in a video as well. I think on the the whammy pedal video, review that I did, it was like we all know that that's just going to feed that habit you're going to want to go for the next pedal Mm. so really know what every single aspect of your rig can do 
I mean, I've, you know, once been guilty of saying, like, you know, tone knobs are completely pointless. But, like, it's so... It can be... It can be mm. Yeah, for, like, for some stuff, it can be not great. But if you want to get, like, a really gnarly, nasally, like, fuzz tone, that's really great for just, like, leads on, like, just single strings in each time. It's so good. Uh, it's, like... Okay, right, I'm going to do... I think everyone might know this, but, like, the, the Queens of the Stone Age riff tone, get an overdrive tone, crank it roll the tone off the guitar and talk to me about what the, what that sounds like because that is incredible right an overdrive a guitar with all the tone off done right and you can get it's not obviously not like the that's not exactly how Josh Arm does it but like it's a good bedroom guitar uh, solution yeah it's a starting point and if you know what you're yeah. doing with guitar then just get an EQ pedal and put in what you need to put in later so to speak quite often if i'm just mucking around and playing along to a live muse show or something i'll have my tone all the way up for if i'm playing stockholm syndrome then i'll do the octave below whammy thing for the bit and then sometimes i'll just roll my tone off on the guitar because what effectively what he's doing there is one of his amps which i think is the amp he's got an ampeg guitar amp or maybe it's a bass amp i can't remember now but whatever it is has got a mid boost button and something Mm. like that gets pressed or gets put into the signal um but the easiest way i found to do that without an eq pedal or anything is just roll off the tone completely and then it kind of does have that more mid focused saggy sound so it's just another way of doing it like yeah for i think uh, since at least like the drones tour so many of like Matt's tones, especially when he's just doing riff stuff, it's so much like big overdrive tone or a buck of a fuzz thing. T- roll that tone off, and you can get something that is so close to that. Um, and I just I find myself doing it for for so much stuff, just to just you know in my own time, just messing around, just playing a riff, and it's just like yeah, it's so good. Of course, you're gonna lose all that clarity when you want to go higher on the strings, uh, so on the on the higher strings. But like for that tone, he doesn't do that. Um, so it's a good, simple hack that just kind of goes a long way, and it's so good. Matt, what guitars are you using? Ah, oh, I am. So I'm currently using um, a Manson MA Evo, um, which is a Manson, which has a Chaos Pad in, Sustainiac pickup. It, correct terminology, Matthew. XY Pad. Oh, sorry, XY Pad, yeah. Because um, the Chaos Pad is what's on my pedal board. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, like, well, ah, ah, just to kind of totally cut in again. Yep, getting a mansion with a with the MIDI screen on it, thinking, oh, does it? What sounds does the guitar have? Nothing. None. It's a guitar. It's a <laughs> it's a MIDI controller. Yeah, you have to buy the thing separately. I think you can still get because they've. I think they again. It's a situation of discontinuation. Um, because I think the KP2 is discontinued now, but you can still buy it on it eBay is. and stuff. So That's how I got mine. Yep, same. I've got mine, so I can do all the crazy Muse sounds. Um, I've nev- I don't know what the KP3 can do. I've looked into it. I think it has some synth sounds, but I don't think they're as good. Um, and I think it's a lot more to do with filtering and controlling LFOs and stuff. So it's kind of a bit more designed for the DJ thing. I mean, to be honest, I still need to, I need to figure out how I'm going to run my... So basically, I've got a whole plan for what my rig's going to be at some point, and it is going to include the, the chaos pad in the signal flow, so I would be able to muck around with filtering or delay times or whatever in, inside the signal as, as opposed to a separate instrument chain, like it being a synth purely kind of thing. 
Um, and then that way I can color the synths a bit from this ca- the chaos pad with my mm. actual pedals, etc. Um, but yeah, other guitars I'm using is at the moment it's a very cheap guitar. It's called Westfield, I think. Um, There's the brand on it. It's like a really shitty cheap SG that I um, recently restrung and like sorted out a little bit. And that sounds brilliant. Um, it's great for any like 60s, 70s style rock sounds. And then I've also got my Telecaster, which uh, is a like a Fender custom FMT model. Um, so it's just got two humbuckers in, and it's like a really nice... Seymour Duckins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like a really yeah. nice um, deep red sunbursty type finish. I used to call it Scarlet or the Crimson Witch, um, but now that I've decided to turn that into like almost like a baritone guitar, it's just tempt. It's very tempted to call it the Killcaster after um, Kill or Be Killed and um, the tuning in that because at the moment I think it's in a B F sharp B E B E tuning, which I think is Kill or Be Killed. Um, uh, not quite. Which is it? Another F sharp B B F sharp B F sharp B. Oh, right, okay, so maybe I've done... I think maybe I have, because I think I have tuned it slightly differently. So mm. I think I... Yeah, so I think mine is the EBE on the top three, as opposed to F-sharp BE. Um, but yeah, that's quite fun, and it's good for the metal stuff that I do. I am I am just going to check that, that tuning again, because I, f- I don't want to be like one of those... That, Actually, <laughs> uh, you're wrong! Oh, Go yeah. back to school, jazz boy, and then I'm the wrong... Then I'm the wrong and let me just... We also don't want the comments to be like, um, actually... Uh, actually? <laughs> y- uh, fake news? We can no longer take Harry Chris Robin seriously for anything doesn't know what he's talking about, because he doesn't, he doesn't know one bit of information. <laughs> Again, holding back to one of the comments I got, uh, some comments I got on one video I did. Uh, actually, it's in drop D. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. But on that song, that the drop D, that, that low D to, is not actually that important for that song. Mm. And in fact, playing it in standard is a lot harder. Therefore, I can, you know, flex that. Like yeah, my, oh, I can my, play guitar. <laughs> uh, B, F sharp, B, F sharp, B, E. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So I'm not in quite that tuning, but um, it still sounds cool to call it a kill caster. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure with that. Yeah, with that lower E, um, I'm, I'm, I bet that does sound like pretty good. Like yeah, because it's basically just like a massive power chord stacked on top of another very closely mm. related power chord. So it's like it kind of. What does it sound like? It sounds like um, Death. like a co- really cool, like heavy sus four chord um which is sus. sus yeah um <laughs> it, it, so it's got a really nice big sound to it i love that kind of shit um mm. but those are my guitars at the moment i'm contemplating getting either um that harley benton stratocaster that's like yep. 99 quid or something or saving up and figuring out whether i want a fuzz factory guitar whether i want a floyd rose guitar or whether i want both and in which case, it's going to have to be a Manson because that's the only place that will do it. Like, put, and to be honest, I don't know what I wouldn't really play anything other than a Manson. Like, I just really like that sound. I guess, I guess you could get me to play other guitars, but I'd kind of want to put a Manson style or Manson pickup in them because mm. that's what I've noticed. But I'd be really interested to know actually what the pickups are in that Westfield SG that I've got because um, I, I, did, I did that cover of. Um, 
back in black as like a little reel on Instagram. And it you've just got to when you've got an SG. Yeah, and it just it's just it's so perfect that I'm like, I wonder if these are like vintage voiced or something, so to speak. So Harry, what's your current guitar rig? Uh so I'm gonna start with my guitar my recent one, the one that I built myself. Yes. Just in response to, you know, you never playing only only playing mountains. Um so I, I was heavily inspired by the well, heavily inspired inspired by the original Chaos guitar that Matt had, the double bridge bridge kind of P nineties in the um, setup. I really, I really liked that. I was drawn to that style. It was very unusual. It wasn't the first guitar to ever have that have that sort of approach. Like the guitarist from Deftones has guitars like that, and there's some guy from the eighties that has had that as well. It's not a new thing, but mm. I liked that. You know, that was informed by me having a Strat, but I never liked the middle pickup sound, moving it closer to the bridge where you get more of that bright tone out because you're getting, you're hitting less nodes and anti-nodes where like you can hit more like vibrations and you get that real kind of like bright sound out of it. I love that. It's a Jaguar body style, um, painted bright red, like offensively red. I do I like it. That. It's a very cool body it's, and colour. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm still trying to find a, a, a good neck for it because mm. the two necks that I've been on there so far are too chunky. I found one, an authentic Fender neck that's coming in December. Mm. Um, paid money for that, a lot of money for that neck, but I'm like, it's friggin' worth it. Um, so like, so once once that's in there and I and it's play, it plays exactly how I want it to play, and it doesn't hurt, like um, like like you know this should went really you bend and like the frets get in the way and it chucks out that the 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 note it just gets all you just it the fret dies mm. it's got some of that going on i need to need to like adjust like the truss rod in the neck but it's got a, it's more profound than that once that sound exactly how i sound i'd like to get together with you and get you to play that and see what you think because the pickups in it are all bare knuckles mm. like semi custom ones um so it's a super massive P90 in the bridge, the bridge. Black hole. Bridge, Sorry, the proper one. So, yeah, um, <laughs> just because it's it one by the name, but then also the sound from it. And, Bomb and me, the, um, what's the word? Oh, fucking. Oh shit! What's the name of the carbon fiber? The fact I'll make black carbon fiber finish. It's a carbon fiber finish, but it's just plastic, and they just um etch etch carbon fiber. Oh, okay. Into but it. the look of it, you could get away with calling them supermassive black holes. Just saying. Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I could. Uh, so, and then the the knot bridge one is a Nantucket P90. I've heard of that. And fun fact: the guitar that it's based off, that original Chaos Manson, those pickups, both of them are a pair of vintage Nantuckets from Bernacle. Interesting. Like, that that is just what they are because Bare Knuckle told me themselves because they're the ones who they're the people who made the pickups format for a lot of his guitars. They make the pickups for them, so they know. Mm. Right. So if anyone is listening and wants to try and get that sound for that guitar, go to Bare Knuckle Pickups, based in the UK. Get a pair of Nantucket P90s. Tell them Harry Chris Robin sent you. <laughs> And enjoy. And then the neck pickup in there is a flat 52, which has a metal carbon fiber finish on that. Because that's the, they do the carbon fiber finish for the um, for like the single coil um, pickups. And then um, they they were selling me like the idea of going, let's go. Like we've got we got the pick. Like it took me a couple of days to work with bare knuckle to kind of get the types of pickups and the types of sound they wanted. Then we're talking about the finishes, and they were like. Well, our carbon fiber finish is really quite popular. I was like, well, 
is it? I, but it wasn't available for the P90s. But they said, "Oh, we can do it." So nice. Like, Fucking yes. Um, so that, those are the pickups in there. And in terms of like the, the wiring for it, it's very very simplistic. It's a ten position switch. Oh, cool. So you can get you you get your normal kind of strat sounds. You know, um, bridge, bridge, middle, middle neck, uh, middle neck, and then your neck. But then. On flipping the switch up to for the um well the five positions it's all like between series and parallel which makes so much tone options out there the position nine i think i said this on my video for it this is getting so in depth and so into it position nine on there and make it sound like a semi hollow body of guitar oh fuck yeah and it's like and like this is like a super thin like jaguar body how does it sound this like rich it's, that's like all three pickups on together in parallel i believe or series one of them and it's mm. like this sounds this sounds like it should be like a 335 or something like that it's like it's get you get to a lot of options then it's just got a master tone master volume and then a kill button on nice. this i once it's sounding how it's how i want it to sound what feeling how i want it to feel with the neck we'll meet i'll meet up i'll give you that guitar i'll get you to play it a bit and i'll see what your face does yeah i'd be i'd be I super interested blow your mind the bridge pickup on there is very bright um so uh but yeah it sounds incredible and so in terms of the guitars i've got obviously i've mentioned that epiphone Les paul and my strat which is a mexican strat with only 21 frets it's a massive disappointment to me uh, <laughs> to what once upon a time um i sanded it down spray painted it blue um, which makes me like it a bit more <laughs> uh like that and then i've got an ibanez rg I don't know off the top of my head what the actual serial is because it's Ibanez and it's RRG X one two three nine seven five betas Z. Oh, yeah, the classic catchy names that Ibanez gives their guitars. Yeah, <laughs> um, got that purely for Tremlock, so you could do the sick dive bombs, mm-hmm. um, and it's great. But that's been customized. That's got a bare knuckle Mississippi Queen in the neck. That sounds pretty good, and it's got a bare knuckle slash Manson MBK. Two, which is a bare knuckle nail bomb humbucker, and it has uh, coil split on there. Um, I use the coil split quite a lot. So I, when I play like Nazi Sedonia or Uno, for example, that's the the coil split comes on for that to get the really jangly tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, my telly, which I've mentioned and praised and love very, very much, it sounds insane. Like it's it's incredible. Like I love the guitar so much, it sounds. Brilliant. Then I've got my Mansons, obviously, my Manson MA Evo, the first one for the, from 2015. So that's a very old one in terms oh, of damn. Mansons by this stage. Well, in, very old in terms of the the MA, the mm. MA series. It's like one of, one of the first MAs that they did. Um, so that's uh, an MBK2 in the bridge and then a, a single coil Sustainiac uh, pickup in the neck to do those sustains with it. Then I've got my Manson MA Evo with XY pad, MBK, no, no, a PF1 humbucker in the in the bridge position and a humbucker um sustainiac in uh in the neck for more of those sustains good guitar really really good but that was really good for like riffing mm-hmm. uh, particularly and then i've got my harley benton te 20 hh which is a, the telly version of the harley benton that you want yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, for 85 quid it is stupidly good it's not bad is it <laughs> it's it's i i think I, I did a video on it like you know comparing it to my manson xy pad manson like it's not a fair comparison i said this in the video but right, it's not a fair comparison at all mm. but you know, in the right circumstances you know if you get the right kind of like pedals in front of it 
it sounds so similar. Like in a clean tone, obviously you'd be able to tell. But you know, because they're both humbucker guitars, you're not going to play that clean. You want to put some drive behind. Yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, fun fact that that the Harley Benton is tuned to "Kill or Be Killed" uh, tuning, so it's just used for those two songs, or kind of just messing around with like low B tunings. I've also got a bass, which is a Squire Jazz. Um, uh, it's older than me. It's like from the late eighties. Oh damn. Um, the serial number on it is, um, says it's from like the late 80s. It's really good. It's been around quite a bit. Like from the ones they were making back then, like the quality is really good. Like compared to like Squire basses that they make now, it sounds really good. And I got it from Fair Deal in Birmingham for a ridiculously good deal, like good price. Awesome. Um, it sounds great. Um, them's my guitars. I'm planning on buying a Meta series. Manson, mm. I'm finally doing it after years of going. No, don't want that. I've got a proper Manson. I thought, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually see what this, see what they're actually about. I've played one of them before. I can't remember which one. I think it might have been the MBM one. Oh right, yeah. Two. And I, they really like the neck on that. It's a compound neck, a compound radius neck from 12 inches to 16 inches. So it. it goes up as you go further down the neck it's very exceedingly comfortable nice um the pickups are great the the mbm2 um has p90 in the um in the neck position everyone knows me about guitars i love p90s like you know put p90s in everything um i'd like to have like a p90 in the bridge on that but it's one of them manson pickups but i'm definitely want definitely want to get one of them and see what that's about them's my guitars and they sound great they all sound very very different from each other which is what is important to me mm-hmm. um the mansions are kind of similar, but the pickups are very different. I can really hear the difference, but I really sit down with it between the MBK2 and the PF1 pick, um, pickups and the mansions particularly. Like the, the PF1 is more better. More better, that's a good sentence. That's good English. Better for like riff stuff, mm. but the MB, MBK2 is better, more of an all-rounder. Yeah. I think that's probably why I... Um... So the MBK2s are the ones that are in most of their models now, right? The MAs, right? The old ones. Oh, anymore, so though. do you know if my yeah. one's an MBK2 or is it a psychopath? MBK2, isn't it? Well, this is what I'm wondering because I think it is because my one's the one that has the single coil sustainiac as opposed to the humbucker sustainiac. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yours is MPK two. Ah, okay, so, yeah, yeah. So in what, I think that's, what year? What year did you get that? 2018. 2018. That sounds about. I yeah. think that sounds right in terms of what I roughly yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but no, maybe that's why I um, have that in my head that I'm like, oh, I, if I just want a guitar, unless I'm going for something specific, like an Ibanez, um, what's the one that Steve Vai's got? The Gem, yeah. like a very specific <laughs> kind of guitar. Unless I'm going for something like that, the best all-round sound that I know of is the stuff I get out of my Manson MA. So it's yeah. like, well, why wouldn't I just buy another Manson with an MBK2 in? Like, that's my, that, yeah. I really love that sound. Like, out of those two, the PF1 and the MBK2, the MBK2 is hands down king. Like, I, I know it's like, I said it's more of an all rounder mm. than just like straight out riff stuff, but it's still cracking at doing like riff stuff. Mm. Um, it's phenomenal. Um, like, there are times where I'm playing my XY1 and I'm just like, like, it can do the riff stuff, but like this, the, for the chord work, it's just like, it's, it's not hitting as good as I need it to. Mm. But then for chord work, I, 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 like rhythm stuff, I t- telly every time, that MBK1 is insane. Mm. Like, it's so good. 
Um, it's on a lot of my videos. I mean, I imagine a lot of people watch, like watch my videos, maybe for you know the, for the Mansons that I have. But there's like it's not all about badge sometimes. Which you know, kind of like challenge your challenging your perception. And I'm only going to get a Manson. It's like if you throw the right stuff in there, mm. it, anything can be good. Like t- uh, fenders, you know, good in terms of like good kind of neck quality. Something you can really get your hand around. Um, yes, the telly I've got is not contoured for a for a body, so, but it, but you can get ones that are like contoured, so they kind of fit really comfortably. And then throw in sorts of pick, uh, pickups that you like that you like the sound of that will complement the density of the wood in there and so on. Some mm. people say that the wood don't matter. There's a video. There's an excellent video out there that shows that you do not need the wood for mm. it to sound spot on. Um, so the pickup is so important. And like taking the single coil out of the telly, I actually did put an MBK2 in there once upon a time, but the MBK1, the P90 in my telly is the thing, of it, I would say, the best guitar sound that I've got because like it is just stunning. And then to go to a, a really nice warm neck pickup sound on it that it's got, oh my God, it's so... <sighs> you can, it's, like, it's like cream, it's just so... Well, it's funny, like, in terms of talking about, like, what do we use each guitar? Sorry, my phone just went off. Um, In terms of, like, what do we use each guitar for and what, like, if there's a specific sound that one can do really well. I remember when I got my MA and I was recording, like, a couple of EPs or something that year. And I remember having to consciously go... Like, try, like, uh, what's the word? I had to really differentiate between what sounded from a production perspective more perfect and what sounded more appropriate for the song, if you see what I mean. So, yes, no, no, that's that's those are the issues that I've, that I've got. It's like, like the, uh, the EP that, that I did that I brought you on. Mm. Um, that song, um, uh, what do we call it? Breakout, like that is a hundred percent the telly all the way through. Mm. Like because the 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 type of riff that's going in that I want that jangliness and it's so strong over the chords. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing is like I found that there were certain parts that I was playing that were like percussive, clean parts that had loads of dotted eighth delay on. So like a bird at a that kind of thing. And uh, the thing was, it sounded great on the Manson and it sounded perfect, but on the Telly that I've got, it had a bit more warmth to it and felt a bit more vintagey like almost there was something like something had degraded slightly in the signal compared to the manson pickups um and not to say that the, the sound was bad because they're seymour duncan pickups in the telly so they're going to be fine but they just had a slightly different characteristic to them and so it's not even necessarily that they sounded better than the manson but i had to consciously go like it doesn't matter if they're better the sound is different see that's the thing there's with guitars and music and song there's no such thing as a good or bad tone it's mm. like it just sounds different are you trying to go for this sound does what you have get you to that sound then yes then if it if it doesn't get you that then you could describe it as bad because it's not doing what you want it to do like i've seen like people on 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 the on youtube videos for the guitarists and say this is a bad tone or like this is a bad sound or this doesn't this doesn't sound like it should it's just like what is your point of reference mm. like it doesn't make any sense. There's no, there's no, there's no sense saying this is a bad sound or this sounds, this or this sounds good. Mm. I think the best you can say is I like this sound. This is a very pleasing sound. Mm. But we don't have the vocabulary for it, so we sometimes just get pulled into this sounds good, this sounds bad, and it yeah. kind of frustrates me a little. But I think that's just because I did music technology at university. And you and I kind of both know, like you know, sound is subjective, and there's so many things in it, and it's like the average. 
average person off the street isn't going to know mm. those sorts of like nuances. I'm not trying to be snobby, it's just true. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I've just had a thought how, as to maybe a cool way to um, start wrapping up because we feel like we've. I feel well, like we've I, need, I need to go into my. I, I haven't. You even haven't done your pedal board board yet. Go into your no. pedals and tell no, me what you have on your. Because I've done. I've done my guitars. Okay, right. Well, this isn't shouldn't be too much of a surprise for people who watch my channel. So we start with uh, coming out of the guitar into a wah pedal, a Dunlop wah. Usually. So what will happen sometimes, I'll swap that out for a Boss Line Selector pedal, which is where I put my Chaos Pad if I want to do Chaos Pad stuff. Um, The only issues with that, my Line Selector is a bit kind of broken, where it makes everything sound a bit kind of like, not a bit, a very kind of like muddy. Mm. So I only use it for when I use Chaos Pad stuff. Interesting. Yeah, it's really bad. I need to get a new kind of Line Selecting pedal. Coming out of that, I'm going into, straight into my Boss ES8. Because that's the control matrix for all my pedals. That's the brain. <laughs> the brain! <laughs> um, just going to swing my mic around so I can look at my board in real time. Um, so, quick bit of info about the, the Boss ES8. Um, it's like a, just a controlling matrix for out being electrocuted. Um, uh, a control matrix to kind of like blend pedals together. It doesn't matter what order that they're kind of wired in. You can literally change the order around virtually. So, um, I guess it doesn't matter, but like the pedals are so in channel one is the whammy, two the overdrive distortion, the boss the boss OS two, three is my MXR prime distortion, which is the pedal I was referring to earlier that I almost got a TC Electronics dark matter, but I got the prime distortion instead for like an an out and out balls to the wall distortion pedal. It's got a um, very specific sound that MXR, hasn't it? It, it? does. It does. It's very specific. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. It's mm. very, very touchy on the, uh, the tone control. Really sometimes can be difficult to dial in a decent tone with it. It's quite a ridiculously gainy one, right? Uh, yeah, and yeah. I've got it turned up. I've got it turned up to like 2, 3 o'clock. Nice. Mostly 3 o'clock. And it's Hardcore. Like, yeah, and it's like it sort of tops out at 5 o'clock. So it's like really gainy. Mm-hmm. Um, th- 4 is my MXR Timmy Overdrive. Uh, really good. Right, it's so good. It's taking the gain all the way down, really nice kind of clean boost. Mm. Taking it up, get some crisp stuff, and then really kind of cranking it. Um, then five is my first factory. Six is my Big Muff. Amazing pedal. Brilliant stuff. Uh, seven is some modulation. That's my Phase 90. Now, usually that's kind of, that is more toward the um, the end of the signal chain. So I'm phasing after my drive stage my gain stage interesting um, but, be- but because of the esa i can move that around so for like plug-in baby like as i have a specific patch for plug-in baby for example the phase 90 is the first pedal to in this in the signal chain so it's like phase then fuzz when it really it's it you think it's kind of a bit trivial but that really mm. is a good trick um so it's it's good to kind of experiment around with and it's a good um a real good option and then the last one is my boss dd8 which is a phenomenal uh, delay pedal. Absolutely incredible. There's so many ranges of tones in a boss stomp box size. Insane. The um I've I've got it usually set to the warp so I can hold the pedal down on that and just keep keep get that keep that delay sound going. But the um the shimmer sound on it is incredible. So it just builds up a kind of higher octave um 
stuff to it so it sounds like a, a shimmer basically it's also got a really really lovely analog sound to it it's a great thing i also control that with uh, the whole board with a, a fs5u tap tempo kind of thing oh nice yeah. it's not it's not a tap tempo but it like people use it as a tap tempo mm. i also have a boss expression pedal as well so I use that for volume swells but i also use it to control my whammy via midi for interesting it's a lot more kind of accuracy and control over it than the actual treadle on the whammy itself. See, that's bizarre because I'm so used to me wanting a um, whammy pedal again because I remember when I was doing uh, stuff with just the Kemper and using my Boss Expression pedal, I found that it was really rubbish at tracking the pitch kind of stuff. Um, so I'm just, in my head, I'm like, uh, Boss Expression pedal, uh. But I guess it probably is all right if it's going straight to a whammy as opposed to a fake whammy and a Kemper. Like, it, it's really good because mm. it's just it's just it's uh it's coming out of the expression port with obviously with a stereo quarter inch jack into the ESA, and which then is doing some clever science trickery, turning that analog single into a digital one via MIDI to the whammy in real time, no delay at all, straight, and it's cracking because it's control it's literally controlling the whammy so there's no latency there's no um like uh what do you call it um uh artifacting mm. it's it's it is the whammy doing the pitch shifting it's just the expression pedal is just like a, a remote control mm. for it and it's tip top couldn't couldn't miss a beat so interesting and then out of that obviously then just go into my audio interface um which is my amp rig is simulated in logic completely I have in my rig for what I play myself, I have um, five amps, inverted commas, amps. It's a cost between um, two Vox AC30s and one orange amp. Um, and I don't know, so it's four amps. The, yeah, the AC30s, an orange amp, and then this kind of like thing that logic calls a stadium amp which is kind of a four by 12 don't really know what it's based off but it sounds amazing mm. and then obviously like you can control where the simulated microphone is i've got some compression on there i've got some eq in there it's incredible i love that rig because it's stereo because i've got my boss es8 set to a stereo sound mm. so i lay like for a rhythm tone i layer up the the timmy overdrive and the boss os2 Hard left, hard right, either pedal, either which side. Mm. So you get a really kind of dense sound. It took us over an hour, almost an hour and a half for me to get to my pedals, but that's 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 the entire rig. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. What was the... Th- yeah, we did it. We, uh, what was the thought you were trying to... Um, oh, about your phase. So w- w- uh, what do you prefer? Yes. Do you prefer the phase after your distortion or before? Because I find that after, I feel like it's not pronounced enough. I like the subtlety that it brings uh, when you put it after. It that's really, interesting. Kind of really de- it depends, really, kind of what sort of sound. If it's on a distortion, then it is going to be subtle. If it's on an overdrive, it's a bit more opened up. Mm. And I like, I do, I do like that sound. Um, I have on pretty much every single patch I have um, have a switch that will bring in the 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 phase. Uh, just because you know, having modulation is you know really good, it yeah, really yeah. opens up your tone. So on, almost on any any like ninety nine percent of my patches, no matter what setting you're on, mm. if you hit if you hit uh, button seven, it will bring in my um, phaser 
um, and for whatever it is, sometimes it sounds good, sometimes it sounds bad. Mm. Um, but because I I love a phase ninety, it's oh, it's insane. It's so good. Interesting. Um, I, I almost wonder then if the, if the reason why I like it in front of my distortions is because I've got the phase ninety five, and so I can basically control how intense I want the phase to be with the dip switches on the top. Because the script is very different sounding to the non-script, which is very different to the 45 or the 90 sound. So I, I feel like I've got that control wherever it is almost, but I quite like it in front. Yeah, yeah. That control is, is going to be good, so maybe putting it in front. Um, mine is the dumb version where it's just a knob. Yeah, but that's it's quite just cool. just control speed. Yeah, I, right. I love it. And I, I said in my video, the review of the Phase mm. 90 that I did, that's that's the only control that I want for a, for a modulation pedal. I'm not Just intelligent how enough fast to is it? control the things like, oh, would you, would you like to control the depths of the of each phase? And I'm like, I don't fucking know what that's going to do to the sound. I just want to go faster, slower. Caveman brain. Like, that's all I want. Like He, he says, but with his sophisticated pedal. <laughs> It's only got two extra knobs on it. <laughs> and they're just on or t- off. Do you- but do you touch those extra knobs? No. <laughs> I don't. To be fair, I don't really. Like it's, it's on the, I think the, whatever's the deeper sounding phase out of the 45 or 90, that's it. It's just on that setting. But it is helpful to have, like, if I'm doing something that's a bit more about the chords than the effect, for example, if I'm playing some Pink floyd maybe, mm-hmm. then I'll put it on the script setting, which will just, just deaden a bit of the phase a little bit so it's not quite as it's like a bit more controlled and you've got like just a nice shimmery sound um but yeah, well, I, but yeah that's 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 what depth is yeah, that like it's like yeah do you want it to be subtle or mm. like in your face so i guess maybe that's why i quite like it on buttons as opposed to a dial because i think it's <laughs> nice to have i almost feel the same way about certain like analog eqs and stuff it's nice in some ways to be limited to oh i can either boost this at 4k or 8k or 12k as opposed to i can boost this anywhere i want kind of thing like it's it's it, it puts parameters over you yeah i i think usually i much prefer like the infinite possibility one way it's it's, it is a it is a spectrum like you will have exactly this much rather than locked into four predetermined Mm. amounts of boost or amounts of parameter um but that's just me it's funny isn't it like the different um different preferences when it comes to that like because in some ways we both are very like we both like to have lots of options i'm using a kemper you're using logic amps so there's like no limit to the options in some ways but i really quite like the idea that i'll I'll be honest about my slow distortion it can be a bitch to work with if you've not set up your gain staging quite right it will just amplify but i think that's what it's doing is it's just a very clean distortion if that makes sense in that it is just going to amplify whatever's before it so if there's a bit of noise that's gonna you really hear it when it comes in um, but I kind of like that because it kind of forces me to either play better or um, set myself up better kind of thing. It's almost like a limitation in some way is quite helpful. Okay, so what's next then for you, Harry? Because I know what I've got going on, but what's going on with you for the next uh, stages in your pedalboard journey? Oh, pedalboard journey. So I'm thinking it's not even that it's not even like confirmed but it's just kind of in my mind i do like that 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 the reissue that line 6 dl4 but <gasps> oh, that looks yeah. that looks great 
because that the original one sounds incredible, got some really good sound, sounds on there. They've restored those original sounds and then put in some new ones, right? Mm-hmm. It's a modern version. Hopefully it also doesn't have the issue of like the original DL4, which is just randomly blowing up. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'd go for that. Maybe I'll go for that. Oh, sh- I, there's also this other pedal that I've got that is not in my board, but it sounds incredible. Mm. But I'm not going to talk about it because I will make a video on that. Oh. It's, it's this disgustingly dirty, amazing t- fuzz pedal. That's I like incredible. it. I love um, that kind of stuff. DL4. Um, definitely the new DL4. Um, you'll know You'll know that this is happening. Manson are going to, re- going to release a pedal. Are they? We don't... We don't know what it is. But ah. I want it. They are. Yeah. They are. Um, whatever it is, I want it. I bet you it's a fuss. I bet you it's a fuss. I it wonder a fuss. what it Yeah, maybe. That would be quite nice in a way if Matt Bellamy, now being the owner of Mansard or whatever, if he just went to people like, hey, so it's not the Fuzz Factory. If you buy this Fuzz pedal, though, you'll get pretty close. And he's like dialed it in to be pretty close to like his sound. That would be lovely. I doubt he'll do that, but it would be lovely. <laughs> um, but that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what Zach would say about that, but we'll see. Well, exactly, isn't it? It's kind of like what happens if they make a fuzz pedal? Do they just start using that fuzz pedal in their guitars as opposed to the fuzz factory, and just be like, oh, well, it's just how convenient our one self oscillates as well? Huh? Weird. Uh, like, imagine. Well, I don't think yeah. they've the copyright on self oscillating pedals, so like. Well, no, because the Fuzz Factory is actually just a Fuzz Face clone modded accessory. So there you go. Manson could easily do that, and it's the kind of thing yeah. that Matt Bellamy might do, being an NFT peddler. Um, <laughs> that would be so um, funny. So, uh, scrolling back, yeah, those are the two pedals that are on my mind in terms of like the DL4 is interesting to me, and then whatever Manson put out. I think I really like them as a guitar company. I'm sure that they put the time, effort, and money, and resource, and research into doing a cracking pedal, and one that actually probably looks good as well. Mm. Yeah. One thing about how Manson sound, they've got good style. Oh yeah, if they if they release a pedal that's in like that Teflon pan finish, like the MB2, or even an aluminium one like the DL1, I'd be like, well, I'm buying that purely because of the aesthetic. Then, like, that's it. Like. <laughs> It, 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 I don't care if it does sound like garbage. I'm going to get the pretty pedal exactly, and I'll make sure I feature it in all my videos to convince people that I'm actually using it when really I'm using a boss pedal or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what have you got your eye on? So I've literally got my pedal board plan up in front of me because um, mm. I've been meaning to get this rig sorted out. Basically, I'm transitioning to an ESA Kemper hybrid rig, so um, I'll be able to use Kemper profiles with pedals. Or I can just use my pedal board in a house amp somewhere and get the same sort of sounds. Um, but I want to get uh, a timeline. That's on my list of things to grab. Um, Strymon timeline? Strymon timeline, because I'm a sucker for delay. Also, because I'm a sucker for delay, I want to get the Gilux Memory Man Mini as almost. So mm. the way I'm thinking of it is that delay would go in front of the amp, the timeline would go in the effects loop. So you've kind of got a separation there. So the Gilux Memory Man is more of a effect kind of delay and the timeline is more of a precise delay kind of thing um, oh, yeah yes. so you can like so because the and the way i've planned it on the board as well is that i can access the tap tempo of the strymon on the top and then below that it's very easy to reach in and just fuck around with the feedback of the Gilux memory man which is what i'll be doing a lot like to get those weird sounds and everything um tossing up whether i'm going to get um uh an electro harmonics big muff of some sort or whether i'm going to succumb to the thorpey fallout cloud 
Um, I think I'm probably going to fall for the Thorpey Fallout cloud because it's got a bit more EQ control over the fuzz. <laughs> Is that sacrilege? <laughs> Uh, for, for viewers listening, um, we are doing this via a video call, and I'm just my jaw is dropped to the floor <laughs> because I, I will never stop waving the big muff flag. I might do it. I was just going to say I might big do muff. it purely because it's cheaper than the Thorpey Fallout yeah, cloud. Because it's it's cheaper, mm. and also you can you get to say big muff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, There's a reason why that pedal's so popular. Oh, and then the two other interesting pedals. I kind of have done this like without realizing it in order of interest on the board. Um, so one pedal that's quite weird, but I've kind of had in my mind as to be on a board for a while now is the JHS Color Box because I think that might be able to achieve some of the DI fuzz type sounds without me having to take the cab simulation off on the Kemper, which would just mean a bit more control because it can do it all within a pedal board as opposed to different effects coming from different places kind of thing. Um, and then the last pedal that's on my pedal board plan that uh, is probably going to take me a year to finish uh, is the uh, Meris Enzo, which is a synth pedal. Very, very weird. Lots and lots of parameters that you can control. You can make it an arpeggiator. You can make it um, a mono synth or a poly synth. Um, and it would fit very nicely right next to the ESA on the front row of the pedal board. And so I'm like, yeah, why not? I've always been after synth sounds, and the stuff I make is very weird and synthy. So yeah, let's do it. Love it. Uh, yeah, ESA every time, just because it's such a good matrix. I think that will probably be my next purchase as an ESA, because then I can at yeah. least start going, well, I've built up some banks now and some presets, and it is usable, even if it's not yep. got all the pedals I want yet. It's, 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 it's amazing. Uh, I love the ESA. There's like what you can do out of it to layer it pedals. Do the whole stereo thing just blows my mind every mm. time. Just before we wrap up, we've not got much time left. What is you know the one pedal you can't do without? At the moment, I can't live without my slow distortion because it's just the perfect level of distortion for me. It's I've always been quite enamoured by that sound that Matt Bellamy has. That's almost like distortion, but it's almost a fuzz as well. Like there's this top endy thing going on. You can really hear it in his live stuff, mostly live stuff. It's not quite as common on the rec on the albums, um, but for me, that's that's what I go for. But if I had to be really cutthroat, I'd probably go for the um, Boss and JHS Angry Driver because it's an Angry Charlie, which is a really souped up Marshall sound, and a Blues Driver, so it covers a lot of bases. Yeah. What about you, Mister Harry Chris Robin? Mine would have to be the Boss OS two. The first pedal I ever got. It, there we go. Both overdrive distortion crosses that we've gone for. Yep. And that brings us to the end of this podcast for this edition. Uh, thank you for joining me, as always, Matt, um, or Jazz Boy, whichever you're identifying as right now. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to make a joke along that lines, but yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people want to know what you're identifying as, how can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Jazz Boy Fuck Icon TM on Instagram and. F- no, not Facebook. <laughs> Instagram and YouTube. Don't follow me on Facebook. Instagram. Don't follow him <laughs> on YouTube. You can find me, Harry Chris Robin, on Instagram and YouTube as well. Those are the things, those are the places where to find me that I'm posting. Uh, anything you want to plug at all? Or anything um, that you're going that you're going to be working on to come out? I am still working on a slow distortion review, an MXR Phase 95 review, and a couple mm. of other things to do with pedals. 
Um, I'm also, I have recorded a cover of Will of the People now, but I'm still not sure if I like the sound that I've got for that yet. So maybe in the next week or so, you'll see some of that coming out. But at the moment, I'm so busy with work that it's very difficult to, and I've got hiccups, uh, it's very difficult <laughs> to keep on top of these things. Uh, what have I got? I've uh, I recently put out a cover of Hysteria. but That I sounds did it. awesome, by the way. Yeah, I pulled the original guitar out using AI. Uh, so the guitar you can hear in there is just me. Um, I really like that uh, concept. I'm going to be doing more of that. So if you mm. haven't seen it or listened to it already, go and listen to that. Um, so thank you again. Thank you for joining me, uh, Jazz Boy. Uh, until next time, we'll catch you in the next one. I've been Harry. I've been Jazz Boy. And thank you for listening. Thank you.